Hello and welcome, folks, to a very special, kind of weird edition to RSF Radio. I'm your host, Joe Monday, but I have a very special live guest with me tonight. You might know him from his YouTube channel, his interview series. You might know him from, if you're a real OG, you'll know him from the statue reviews. You might know him from his new uh, Twitch affiliate status. It's Born Free. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. You're pretty good at this. Were you like not it. ready for that kind of uh, that level of intro? I feel like Americans turn it on. Like, like I've, I did a podcast <laughs> earlier with. Uh, I actually did a podcast before this with uh, Velociraptor for Event Hubs, right? Mm-hmm. And he did the same thing. He just fucking turned it on, and I was like, "You Americans with your, with your, let's go live and fucking now I'm a new person." Check me out. Yeah, it was Good. a moment ago me leaning back in my chair drinking and yeah. then <laughs> And now you're all like professional and shit. <laughs> On it, on buttoned it, up, button. ready to go. Yeah. Whereas like I'm never like that. Like all my stuff is rough around the edges. Even now, like people staring at my Twitch are just like, What is this garbage kind of layout? You gotta flip the switch in the head. You go over the top. I don't know, something happens and you go over the top and then you win at arm wrestling and podcasting. It's weird. <laughs> Uh, Dude, if I could only win at arm wrestling, that would be awesome. One of the best Sylvester Stallone movies, Over the Top. Uh, He's a truck driver slash arm wrestler. It's great to win the affection of his son back. Anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. Uh, This is mostly about... Although we can talk about that. (laughs) Seriously, like Rocky IV, Rambo 1. I'm trying to think of Sylvester Stallone movies. Rocky IV is good. Uh, Demolition Man. Demolish Man, I've never seen. I That's have no idea. Oh, you've never... You don't know how to use the three shells? Oh, goodness. Oh, oh Cobra? Oh, Dr. Zwagenheiber, remember? Of Cobra? course. He cuts pizza with a scissor. He cuts them with a scissor. That I don't remember. It's, I mean... It's like can, right in the beginning, and he takes the pizza... Dango and Cash? And he, he takes it... This... He cuts the triangle off, and he just eat, he eats the triangle with scissors... Yeah. Anyway, that's what we were talking about. Also, I should say for people listening to the audio version of this, uh, we are live on Mark's stream, on Born Free's stream. We are live, so if we respond to a chat, we will try and say what the question is in the chat first before oh, addressing uh, yeah. whatever the fuck is going on over there. Uh, so there's that. However, whenever I have a guest on the show... What I love to do, promote them up front. Instead of giving that stuff at the end when people have turned off the podcast, where can people find you and what are you doing right now? What do you what do you got going on? So I'm trying to get my stream into a good spot. Uh, it's grown significantly. It's done really well. Um, but you would expect that, I guess, because I have a good following on YouTube. Um, but I am loving streaming. Loving it. I just want to make sure I have everything in place to be able to enjoy it as fully as I can. Um, and then the other thing I'm doing is getting prepared for SCR because I'm going to bring back a lot of great content for that. I just spent hundreds of dollars on new production equipment, which I can't afford. So I'm going to be asking <laughs> these lovely people to try and pay for it um, because I still have that shitty mic, which I dropped the other day and it's kind of broken. And uh, I spoke to Gerald at Corey Gaming. He gave me some advice for a couple of lavalier mics. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just get those. But uh, you want for your stream? Hmm? Huh. Oh wait, no. Oh. For your, uh, you're talking no, about my interviews. interviews. When yeah. I go to SCR, it, I'm I've bought two lavalier mics with recorders. Right. Uh, forgot what they're called. Like, forget the name. Right. They got 
some city name. But um, Gerald told me to get them. They're supposed to be very good. And uh, I just trust people. And I'm just like, okay, if he says get them, I'll get them. Because Gerald is the guy who runs Core Gaming, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he said, he said this, this is what you should get. I don't know what I'm doing with production stuff. So people just tell me what to do. And I just buy it or get it or whatever. Because um, you had lav mics in your last round of interviews. And it I worked didn't, out really I, well. Those were someone mom. else's. They weren't, those weren't yours. Correct. So basically, normally I'm a one-man one man show, right? So mm-hmm. normally I turn up, I've, got, I've literally got a tripod, a camera, and one mic, which I hold in my hand, which, you know, everyone knows about. And then the problem with that, obviously, is that I have to keep track of everything, right? So I have to keep track of, like, hey, are the audio levels okay? Is the mic in someone's fucking someone's face like my face or his face uh, is the how's the block what's going on with the camera like i gotta check the lcd screen which everyone knows about how because i always do a strange look to the camera is the memory you know have we run out of memory like oh i just all this shit is on my mind while i'm doing the interview right right which sucks because it's like it's it's what you call double think (laughs) told you i'd put it into my vernacular so i'm double thinking triple thinking whatever right um but last time when we went to defend the north, um, Andy City of Brass, who runs that, was I've done a few inter- quite a few interviews of his, and he really likes that. He likes when I do interviews, so he always helps me. He's always like sending players to me, like really helps me out whenever I go to any of his events. As a mm-hmm. TO, he just he likes having me there, likes seeing me do the interviews, and it helps promote his event as well when the interviews come out. So sort of win-win for everybody, you know, which is situations that yeah, i like there's I usually a whole week coverage about it's not about the event it it's is not about the event but they, it's not about, about the event it, yeah. no it's but it's like live for, not live but it's we're at defend right. the north whatever right so it's defend the north kind of branded you know um and sometimes like andy will give me the trophy and i'll have the trophy so it's like you know he, he's pretty clever in that sense yeah, yeah. He's like, here, take the trophy. And so I'll sit there with the trophy and we'll record it that way and whatever. But um, this time around, he he was like, can you do Defend the North? And I was like, look, I'm going to Evo. There's no way I'm going to get all this shit done. Like, I, I just can't. And he was like, well, look, I've got a cameraman. He's really into this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, fine. I'll just turn up. I'm, I'm all good to do that. And we sat down and the guy was like, where should we shoot? And I found this little fucking weird ass fireplace. It's not like a real fireplace, like a fake fireplace. You've seen it, right? Yeah, like a fake yeah, fireplace. And I was like, let's do it here. Call it Fireside Chats. And then he got the lavaliers going. And with the lavaliers, I was just free. I was just like we are now. I was free. I was like, this is fantastic. You I can, can just ask tickle questions. it all you like. It's, it's the whole new freeing option. But I can also poke a little bit. So, so when I'm asking a question, I can ask a question. Instead of like, I'm holding the mic to you, waiting for you to finish and then I come back to me. With lavaliers, I'm like, wait, hold up. And I can just poke a little bit, and then... You can you interject can get... without being rude of whipping the mic away. You can also get better answers. So yeah. you, you sort of... Prov- when I say pro- uh, provoke is a, better, is a better way of saying it. So I can provoke a little bit. So I can jump in and provoke a little bit, and sometimes you'll get better answers. Um, right. It's just a slightly different style, but also it helps me, frees me up to have a more because i'm not thinking about the production side it frees me up to have a uh, more of a conversation as well right you know 
a bit like like you're doing now, right? Right. Um, I mean, we're we are free currently. <laughs> free to interject. We are free. We are free. Stay free. Stay free, my friends. True. Uh, so, with that in mind, with what you have, where where are you going next, and what interviews? Are you going to tease interviews at all? You typically yeah, don't do that. I mean, you typically I, don't I want to say I, who I, you're going to interview no, just no, in no, case I, schedules no. don't work out because, I mean, when you're at a live event, schedules are can be very difficult. I can tell you, like, most of the time I walk in with a hit list of 10 people and I end up with two from the 10 and then the other eight are people I just <laughs> grabbed. And that's okay, why... So we're getting at least some... two of the names that you're about to drop. Events are... Uh, tournaments are the worst place to do interviews mm-hmm. and the best place, right? So they're the best because players are there and they're live and we can have live i can catch like as many as i can and there's the live chemistry of being there with them and you get the full attention um but they're also the worst because you're at a tournament to win a tournament like a lot of these guys you know they're they just want to you know practice they want to hang out with their friends they want to sleep because they're um jet lagged they want to be salty because they just lost and go off and just fuck the world they want to practice like there's a million things they want to do before they want to sit down with me and now they know that my interviews are like 40 minutes so <laughs> it's a time so commitment. It's, like, it's a huge time commitment just getting these guys to sit down is the hardest part that's the most stressful thing mm-hmm. the interview itself is you know it is i enjoy the interview right um but yeah it's uh so i'm I'm prepping for SCR. The big thing about SCR that I've been pushing a lot on on uh, Twitter, I've made like a million GIFs or GIFs or however you want to say it of uh, of the original footage of Daigo and Valle meeting, right? And uh, one of the things the I realized, world, uh, world yeah, championship. Yeah, I mean it was 20 years ago. It's the 20th anniversary, um, and they're holding the 30th anniversary edition Street Fighter Alpha Three mm-hmm. tournament at SCR. So I'm expecting them, very much expecting them to do a Daigo via exhibition. A rematch, right? if you will. Oh like yeah, twenty year twenty years rematch, right? Hopefully Vae gets to wear that wife beater all over again. Um and he's gotta so, have the the shirt over the shoulder as well. It's very important to the shirt over the shirt, right. So you've seen the footage. So this is the amazing thing. I put the footage out, right? Uh, as a GIF. I just thought this is I was messing around one day and I thought, you know, I'll make a GIF of this. I made the GIF and people were like, oh, this is historical. But they, but most of them were making comments like, wow, you know, like they'd never seen it. And right. I was like, shit, this shit is available on YouTube. I don't understand why no one's seen it. So think about the hundreds and thousands of people who have like the, the Street Fighter Five is their first Street Fighter. They're getting into it. They don't right. realize that there's this whole history to the people who are like running tournaments right now or being big figureheads is that they've been around forever and in fact had made history specifically with that tournament. I mean, that tournament, for people who don't know, should we give a little background? Are you, were you going to walk into that? Should I allow you to, to do the, the history on no, that? No, I mean, you go for it, man. If you know it, go for it because uh, you had recently sent me yeah, there was an interview with Daigo from 2015, looking back retrospective on that particular tournament. That actually, I didn't read the tournament or read that uh, interview at the time that it was released. When uh, what caught me was that when Daigo won nationals in Japan, what happened was Alex Valle won nationals in the U.S. Daigo won nationals 
in Japan. And after he won national, they asked him, like, were you surprised that you won? And he's kind of like, no, I was not surprised. I'm very good at this game. Like very brazenly saying, yeah, no, it's, I was kind of sad because there's no one better than me who gives me a challenge. That's a bummer. And it's like, damn, you're going to throw shade that way? All right. He's like, I know Japan is very strong, so I'm actually not worried about the world championship. Uh, and he went down 2-0 to Alex and then ran it back 3-0 in the, in the set. Uh, and I don't know if the whole retrospective from Alex is out there. Is that tape out there? Do you know? Uh, I don't know what Capcom have done actually... or what Alex has done, but uh, I can tell you that I interviewed him about it and talk and and there's loads of information. If you want to find it, you'll mm-hmm. find it on from Daigo's perspective and from Vae's perspective. I do want to talk to them again um, at SCR, but I just don't know if it's going to happen because I feel like they got stuff planned already, which sucks. Because I've already reached out to just so you know, like I may as well tell you, I've yeah. already reached out to like both of them, and it, it's looking tricky. Basically, yeah. I think they have something planned and it sucks because I've got something that I think would be really fun to do, which isn't actually a regular interview. Um, but, you know, I'd be interested in just like real little details. Like, I mean, how old was he? Uh, Daigo was 16 or 17 or something, 17, I think. And yeah, he won like, nationals the year. I think he was 16 because he won nationals oh, the year before at so 15 and then flew. He was, that was the first international tournament actually well it was the first e- it, as far as i'm concerned i think it was probably the first big esports into e- the first like we invented esports i think i think we invented international esports because i don't know what else was going on before 98 where people of were people traveling people traveling the with a large tournament like that right. i mean that's the world championship right there but okay so but when you see daigo in the footage he does not look particularly nervous like i would i would actually love to know like a little bit more about what's going on through his head if he can even remember right like at that tournament like when he went into that arcade was it intimidating because he doesn't look intimidated at all you know uh he goes who was that oh you know who what was the tv show who was the woman that he was working with like did they all travel together on a freaking plane like i mean obviously they got they went on a plane right but like Right. Was it the first time he flew? Like, it's just random little shit like that that I would love to know. Because it was all filmed for a TV show in Japan. So they have that's a hostess the, come by. They're talking about, like, the Golden Gate Bridge. They're right. doing all this stuff. So what else did he do when he was here? That's what I want to know. Did he, go, did, he go, did he care about seeing the Golden Gate Bridge? Did he give a shit? Like, or did he just want to get into the arcade? Right. You know, like, like there's so much stuff I want to ask him, but I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to him or not. But it would be... I can never, I mean, there's never any guarantees with me. All right. you can guarantee with me is that I will try my hardest. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And that's usually why I don't tell people what I'm, who I'm trying to get to. Right. Cause you'll, you'll uh, get like 10 interviews. If you think about that, if you think about the time commitment of 10 in- interviews, that's about 10 hours just in recording time. And over a weekend, 10 hours of like being awake is a fuckload of time. It's actually too much. Like, just I, I talk, should... That's just talking during the interview. This is yeah. not the whole like setup of the interview. This is not like getting translators available and ready. And you're also juggling the schedule of 10 other people to make all of this work out. Sometimes like 12 uh, other people because you got to get to the... Uh, it's too much. It's, it's too much. But 
but I have UIU. Uh, this is you know UIU invited me onto their stream team, um, and you know uh, they are supporting me, and hopefully I can leverage some of their help as well. Right. We'll see. Um, but it's early days at the moment, but we'll see. And um, but it is it's a bit too much. I, I think that uh, I also benefit from maybe doing a few less interviews which are you know and giving myself a break between them and perhaps uh, spending a little bit of time on the because i don't even see people right because right. i just find a place to interview go find players interview them and i don't hang out and see people and i, didn't I even think see you at evo i don't think well evo was the one where i actually i didn't no we did we saw each other at bar fights but um, oh, yeah, it was like just passing. briefly at bar yeah. fights. But Evo, Evo is like notorious for never seeing anyone, to be honest. It's but there's too many it's, people now. It's just wild. But I did benefit at Evo from like taking a. I did five interviews on the Thursday when everyone had flown in early, and mm -hmm. then I just did my own thing, and I benefited a lot from walking around, talking to people, networking. I met some what I met some crazy people. I met Victor who did the dog face show, right? from like 10 years ago oh, shit. he came up to Vic, he came up to me he mean i guess he when he did the dog face show i think he he kind of like i don't know the exact story but it was like he, he kind of launched the careers of i guess gutex and mike ross or something like that yeah, yeah and uh and there's only i think that's the only show you can still find on youtube and then he ghosted the fgc right but he lives in vegas so he came up to me and he was like dude i really like what you do and i was like well, you know, and we talked a little bit. And so he has been encouraging me to sort of maybe push forward and do more. So I, it was it was good. Like I got to meet someone like him and, you know, exchange contact details. And I got to meet a lot of people, you know, that support me and be able to thank them. And because that's important to me, look somebody in the eye, meet them actually face to face and say thank you is just awesome. Right. And uh so I think I have to be wary of that too. Like, I, I'm not sure that I always have to bring back 10. I think... Uh, you try. I think that's just part of me that feels a, like, let me make the most of this moment. But, you know, I think when I did the Takedo interview, which was great because Takedo I trusted and he said, I will see you on this day at this time. So I was like, all right, well, then I trust that that will happen. And so I will prepare very specific questions, right? And we did it on stream. We did two hours of it on stream. We actually went over and did director's commentary over it. And that was like one of my favorite interviews <laughs> because I got the opportunity to actually focus in on a person right. that I knew was going to be available and knew was going to turn up. Whereas a lot of players, it's difficult to actually nail them down at tournaments. And that's because of the nature of tournaments, basically, you know? Yeah. Because you want to go into the interview knowing, or at least having a back catalog of everything that person has done and have at least an opinion on it, which is difficult for the it's number of people difficult. lined up. It's Especially if you're difficult. looking across games now, because you across didn't games, used to do cross Street Fighter stuff, but now you're... Yeah, I've been doing Dragon Ball. I've been doing Dragon Ball and Tekken. So my approach is, you know, some people don't like it, but, you know, it is what it is. My approach tends to be to have a set of questions, mm -hmm. right? Which I can just dip into. And uh, it's almost like I'm doing a survey sometimes because I use a lot of the same questions. And But, you know, what's important is the answer because everybody's different. 
Um, and for I've sort of figured out over the years this sort of set of questions that are working for me and constantly evolving. And it's the best approach I have for going to a tournament. If there's if I was going to a tournament just to interview one guy, right? Which some people do in other es- in other esports. There's a lot of interviewers who will go and they will do a long interview with one person. That prep you can do, right? And you can make an excellent, excellent, excellent interview. Um, but with me, it's a little difficult to nail down people. Um, I'm. It's getting better for me personally because people know who I am. Um, and so when they didn't know who I am, it was just impossible. But now they sort of know who I am. And sometimes it's, it's getting a little easier. Like I'll, you know, to, you know, hopefully be able to get interviews with certain people. Um, but even then, it's still, I tell you, I go in, like I said, I'll go in with like the 10 hit list. And I think sometimes I've only hit like two or three. And then the other seven are just people I grab. So I have to have that flexibility in the questions but I don't necessarily have their full history. So the questions are gauged to bring that out of them themselves, right. but without trying to be too rude. So, so I'll give you an example. I will say, what's your proudest moment in fighting games? And that question is literally, what's the best thing you've done? <laughs> you know, what's your biggest it, win? It is and it isn't. It is and it isn't, right? It's fine. It's, it, it will give you an interesting answer. But like, Sometimes I'll grab people and I'll be like, you know what? I don't know what their biggest win was, you know, but they're interesting to me. I just don't know what their biggest win was, particularly now that, you know, like we're going weekends with where people are winning. Let's say, was it last weekend, the weekend before there there was like four tournaments, right? And so it's It's, like, it always feels like, Hey, by the way, interjection here, it feels like there's always tournament overload. Do you feel like every weekend is like, Almost every yeah. weekend, or at yeah, least every remember, other weekend, it's like fuck. There's a lot going I rem- on. I remember the evolution. So I remember there not being enough tournaments, and I remember thinking, mm-hmm. I want more. And then more came, and then I remember there being one weekend where I was like, Yo, I'm gonna watch Street Fighter from Friday night all the way through to Sunday night, right? I'm gonna mm-hmm. watch like, and it was all different time zones, you know. Like I'm just gonna <laughs> stay up, and I'm gonna be watching all of it, and it's just gonna be amazing. And that is amazing for about five minutes until you realize that it's just really tiring. And then now it's like I'll go on Twitter because if there's four tournaments in a weekend, I'm just I just don't even know what to watch unless there's one major one. So I'm just like, eh, because like the more you have, the more tournaments you have, the less important those individual tournaments become to a spectator, mm-hmm. I would say. Not to the players. They're really important to the players. But at the same time, to to a spectator, you're like, if it's like a premiere, everyone's there, right? Right. So that's really, like, that's a big deal. Because there aren't premieres scheduled for the same day ever, I don't think, in the CPT. No, I don't don't think so, because that's just CPT, right? Right. But um, that's Capcom, and they, I don't think they have two premieres at the same time anymore. But they, they do sometimes have, I think they sometimes have premieres and ranking events in the same weekends, stuff like that. So you, you do kind of, as a player, you probably have to make a decision what's best for you in terms of points or where you think you can get your most points. Mm-hmm. Um, but the some weekends I'll put Twitter... Put Twitter on. Sounds so weird when I say shit like that. Put on the Twitter. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on Twitter. I'll turn Flip Twitter on. Flip on the old Twitter machine. Yeah, and... just, I'll turn over to Twitter and uh, and they'll be like... Knuckle will be like, I just won this. And you'll be like, okay. And then Oil King will be like, I just won this. And you'll be like, oh, okay. So there's two tournaments this weekend? And then somebody else will be like, I just won this. 
And you're like, oh, there was three tournaments. No, there was four. There was four tournaments this weekend. There were four tournaments this weekend. Yeah. Final Fighters China, First Attack, Summer Jam, Ultimate Fighter Arena. And those all were like pretty, seemed like pretty big deals when they weren't clashing. Those are are four big tournaments. Yeah. That's not your, that's not a local. Taking place in very different parts of the world. Yeah. I mean, the closest two was maybe First Attack and Summer Jam, Philadelphia to Puerto Rico. So to circle back, that's where the historical thing. So it used to be easier for me. uh, I would know people's history because there were fewer tournaments. So I would watch tournaments and be like, all right, well, when I go and see somebody, I'm like, yeah, you got second at this or whatever. But now I'm just like clueless. Like, because their biggest moment could be, I don't know, I, I won Red Bull Conquest, right? I, I won mm. CPT Online or whatever, right? And I I've just this, missed this it. good match at Celtic Throwdown or something. Yeah, and it's hard to remember all the stuff, you know? I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Sarko won, what was it, in Taiwan? Where he won, like, he didn't lose a single match. Was it Taiwan? Uh, yeah, it was Esports Festival Hong Kong, wasn't it? Right. I'm oh, sorry, Esports yeah. Festival Hong Kong. That wasn't that long ago, but that was an incredible achievement. Fuck, Did that not was last it. weekend. Not this it's past last... weekend, but the weekend prior. That was like that's like, huge, right? He didn't huge. lose a single, didn't lose a single match. Plus that, uh, that was stacked that tournament. But like, so many tournaments are happening. You're just like, it's gone. It's gone. It's in the ether now. It's disappeared. Like it, so it is a little hard to keep track of uh, players. Specifically and... because all of them are traveling to all of the ranking events now. Because ranking tournaments are kind of important if you want to be caught up in top 32 of CPT yeah. in terms of points. It's That's true. It, the, like every single point matters. And when you want to travel and maybe get that 150 for winning, it might be worth it. Yeah, especially when there's like three going on on the same weekend. There were three ranking events and one premiere event. And we're just, it's funny because we're just talking about Street Fighter. You've got players who play multiple games as well. Right. Um, and then you've got like Dragon Ball. Yeah, this is not just for the CPT too. You like got, you all got of Dragon these Ball. events that we're talking about have, yeah. they do not just play Street Fighter. You got Tekken, you got Tekken, you got Dragon Ball, you got, and you have, you have, a, you know, players who are sort of trying to play all of them, like Punk at one point was right. trying to play all of them until this weekend, I think he was told, advised by Chris G to like just play one game, which was Street Fighter, which was turned out to be good advice. Right. Um, and he, he then you've got like, over the past you, know like who's, you, know who's, you know who's, you know who's about to break top eight for Street Fighter is Gionding, the Tekken player. That dude is like really good at Street Fighter. He's really and good like at his, fighting games. Yeah, his goal is to hit top eight in Tekken and Street Fighter in the same tournament. How fucking dope is that? He's pull, he's kind of a Kazunoko. He, he yeah, the, he's he reminds me of Punk, uh, but like the Korean version. I mean, obviously he's a bit bigger than all of us. That's gonna say, um, yeah. but uh, those guns, man. But when you talk to him about um, training and all that stuff, he's a bit of a natural. He's a bit like I've got an interview with him from uh, from Evo, and he's a bit of a natural. He's a bit like he's a bit like Punk. Like when right. you talk to Punk about training, Punk just kind of throws his arms in the air and is like, "What training? Just fucking play the match." And then I, I learn a bunch of shit. And that, I'm, that, I'm, those aren't his words, but that's like pretty Chris much G what comes too, across. Who can also play a bunch of other games? 
Well, Chris G, Chris G, interestingly, what I find interesting about Chris G is most players who improve realize that they are making mistakes and have to correct them, right? Uh, but Christy is interesting because he gets super salty and gets better. <laughs> and so, and so what, what's going on? So he must get super salty, but he must reflect, you know, I the, mean, it's the not... outward expression isn't a reflection of what might be going on internally. Right. So, so he gets salty and, and, and gets annoyed about the tournament and this and that and the other. And like, you know, so there's you you hear it as if like, oh, there's this personality of blaming everything else. But clearly he must at some point internally go, actually, I need to change X, Y and Z. Right. You know what I'm saying? We have Dr. Swagenheimer in the chat saying Chris G is the incredible Hulk of the FGC, and that might be true. <laughs> that might be true. <laughs> he, that might be true. Yeah. His secret is that he's always salty. The secret is that he's always salty, yeah. <laughs> no, that's pretty Yeah. Funny. Um so uh Speaking of so which, keeping, I mean keeping, I guess I could keeping track of sorry, sorry, I just wanted to round that up by saying yeah, so yeah. keeping track of players' histories is difficult. And also lining them up is difficult. So prepping for them is difficult. So my approach is a little bit more scattergun approach, but I try, I do try to dig in and get what I can for people in terms of let's get to know this player, where they come from, what they're all about, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Without asking uh, like the obvious dumb questions. Huh? Without asking like the obvious dumb questions. Right. Oh, I ask a lot of dumb questions too, but it, you know, it's all in the mix. It's all in the mix, and I'm learning every time. And uh, you know, just it, it is what it is. I just persevere, and some people like it, and some people don't. So that's life, which, I suppose. I did want to kind of spin off on that. Not really spin off. This is kind of same topic. I don't know why I tried to talk into a transition when there's really no transition. This is the same topic. I'm uh, terrible at transitions. No, that's okay. I'm just feigning transition. This is like a, this is a false Roman cancel into the same topic. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, kind of same along that same path. Who's been? Who's like? Who's fun to talk to? What's been the most fun interview series that you've done? Uh, this is a very interview question from my half. This is, let me bounce it back to you. I mean, what's look, your most bon memorable? Chan, what's your most memorable? Bon uh, most memorable interviews. Bonchan yeah. absolutely is the yeah. most memorable interview without a doubt. I mean, Takedo basically, that was a fun day, right? So I was at NCR. Uh, I was sponsored by you guys. Oh, that yeah. was that was the one you sent me to. That was yeah. the one you guys sent me to. Our Street Fighter, right? So I was like a bit puffed up. Yeah, about specifically that, like to say when when Born Free says you, he means all of our Street Fighter. That was a community funded event of uh, fundraising through we were using GoFundMe back then, uh, and through the Teespring. Yeah, you, you sell those shirts now, correct? Or I do sell them, but no one buys them. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pitch no, them. I, you got to pitch the merch. You got to have yeah, it like hanging up I, in the background. I, I, I don't know. I, I it's weird. Uh, I don't want to talk about t-shirts right now. <laughs> okay. A bit. There's, there's. Uh, yeah, let's. I don't want to talk about t-shirts. Fair, fair, fair. Move on uh, to the actual a... question, though, of of the the most memorable interview. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess. The most memorable is definitely Bonchan because of what happened afterwards and what happened during. I mean, so 
I wanted to interview Bon Chen, right? Right. And that was my, that was going to be like the interview that I brought back for R Street Fighter and the world. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to interview Bon Chen because no one's done that really. And it's going to be great. And Bon Chen's awesome and all that stuff, right? So I spoke, I was trying to figure out how to get to him at the time. I didn't, now I have direct connection with his manager, Anna mm-hmm. at, at Red Bull, who's wonderful. Um, but at the time, I found out that he had a friend who turned, who ended up doing the interpreting, right? And his friend lived in NorCal and was doing college, but used to live in Japan. I think they even used to be roommates or something. <laughs> and so they started, I got in contact with him. He spoke perfect English. He started texting with Bonchan. And I told him, listen, Tell Bonchan that Takedo will vouch for me because Takedo did start vouching for me and like just doing brilliant things for me, right? So then they, apparently they got onto this is all details, but I kind of find it interesting. I found it interesting, so maybe you guys will find it interesting. I don't know. But then they got apparently they all got into a uh, um, a uh, text chat, right, with Takedo, Bonchan, and um, God, I've forgotten his name, but the guy from NorCal, right? And Takedo was like, don't worry, you'll love this guy. It'll be a great interview. Da, 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 da. So I was like, okay, cool. I think this is going to happen, right? Anyway, I get to NCR. Takedo's not there yet. Not a lot's going on. I can't seem to get anybody to interview. This is what always happens, right? The first day is a nightmare because nobody does anything on the first day. Um, and nobody wants to be interviewed on the first day. They've got a lot of shit going on. They're mm-hmm. trying to get used to everything, whatever. Everything kind of happens on Sunday usually, or maybe the day before the tournament. But, um, I'm at NCR. I'm feeling a bit lost. I'm feeling a bit pressured because so many people have put money to send me out there. And I'm kind of like getting a bit stressed. Then Takedo comes wandering in and he's like, all right, let's do this. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, so the first person he wants to grab is Fudo, right? So he's like, where's Fudo? I'm like, I, I have no idea where Fudo I have never seen, I've not seen Fudo. So he goes, so he just goes, we're in like NCR is not a big place, right? So right. NCR is literally just players, and he's he's like Fudo, Fudo. He just starts it. shouting it out loud, right? And, and everybody in the like room is like, everyone's <laughs> like, where the fuck is Fudo? So eventually they find Fudo, right? And he just marches Fudo up to because I'm doing the interviews in my room, right? Because I like to take people away from the event and right. just get them, you know. It's better I don't for like audio it, that way too. He, yeah, but also distractions, like people wandering around and shit. Fuck that. Like, I, I like to take them to a place where they'll be away from everybody else, right? Right. So I've got their, so I can get better answers. So That's what it's all about, getting better answers. Walking up and saying that they're their fan. Or, you know, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. He did do that in one of the interviews, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and so we went upstairs, did the interview with Fudo. Everyone loves Fudo. They want to see him talking. It got a lot of views. It's my but I'll be honest player, with you. By the way, side huh? note. Fudo, my, wife, my wife's favorite player. He's also Disco Vigilante's favorite player. Yeah. Um, that's another side note. But he wasn't actually there at the time for interpreting purposes. Right. But uh, so we did Fudo, and I'll be honest with you, like I didn't feel like anything interesting came out of that interview. I just mm-hmm. felt like it was a bunch of stuff that people already knew, right? So I was like, oh, okay, well, it is what it is, I guess. The most interesting thing that came out of it was that he loves beer. He loves drinking beer, and he loves eating sushi i think or something like that or ramen might be ramen i forget now 
So uh, we did that interview. And anyway, um, Takedo was laying on the floor on his backpack, fucking around with his phone. I don't know what he does on his phone because he's definitely not on Twitter, right? But he was on his phone. Who knows what he was doing? But he gets up and he looks at me and he goes, I think he could tell that, like, the interview was, it was so-so. You know, people people like, sometimes people just like to see me standing next to somebody talking to them and they like the interaction. But to me, I really am interested in, like, the, you want to have you know, a piece of meat at the end for people. Yeah, to I want on. some meat. So with Fudo, I didn't feel like there was a lot of meat in the interview. I, I felt like he was very, he's very media savvy. He didn't want to say too much or just right. can be bothered. The one interesting thing about the Fudo interview is I did ask him, how are you so consistent? Because he was. And all the players right. before, at that time were complaining about how inconsistent the game was. And Fudo at that time was always top three. He was never really number one, but he was always top three. So I asked him how he's so consistent. He said, I don't know. And then apparently later on, I found out on his way home, he was asking people or he was talking to people and saying, maybe I should think about this. Like, why am I so concerned? Because he had no clue, which made me laugh. But uh, <laughs> not even he knows. Not even he knew. But then um, Takedo looks at me and I'll never forget this. He looks at me and he goes, Bonchan has something to say. <laughs> so I was just like, what does that mean? Bonchan has something to say. Fudo interview, you broke the ice. And so when Bonchan came up, there was a little bit of nervous energy going on. And you, when you ask someone a question and they just ignore the question and start talking, you know they've come to say something, right? right? So that's pretty much how I remember the interview sort of happening. Is just like I kind of asked a question and then he, he just kind of went off and said the things that he wanted to say. Right, you but had he was... a question, but more importantly, you had a microphone and camera pointed at him. Exactly, right? And, um, and I guess, like, I don't know what goes on in Japan in terms of interviews, but I, I don't know if they ask the same questions, but I was asking specifically, quite often I will ask about the game. You know, like, tell me about the game. What mm -hmm. could be improved? Whatever. Like, I felt that was important about Street Fighter Five is trying to understand that stuff. And... um because it's been so sort of divisive and uh he yeah he just went off on one and he the the, the apparently the back and forth between him and the guy translating who's his friend was the japanese fgc apparently loved it they loved that because the chemistry between them apparently was magnificent i mean you can see it yeah but i don't speak japanese and they were laughing and laughing and laughing and you could tell bonchan was like trying to be like make jokes but be dry but then he was cracking up um and then when he said, like, his friend translated, um, the translation was essentially, I mean, it's a famous translation now, but it was an un-PC way of interpreting what Bonchan said. But at the same time, what Bonchan said was not nice. He was not saying nice things. Right. And right. he was not being, let's say, polite to Capcom Japan. And he definitely got their ear, right? They heard him. And, you know, nowadays he's a little bit more chill. Uh, and I think he feels he played his part in regards to, like, trying to get the attention of Capcom. Um, and the players, the Japanese players, the American players, were like, I'm glad he said what he said. Um, and, yeah, it was a wild, wild interview. And it's probably my most viewed interview, I think. I think the only interview yeah, that would top so. it right now is if I interviewed Tanukana because everyone's super thirsty. 
but that she's the one that gets like a million views um but yeah it got like i think it's like seventy thousand views or something like that and um i would say that is definitely the most memorable and whenever i see bonchan and anna who's his manager it's just to me it's just yeah i feel like we have that bond of having been through that That fight that that sort of explosion that fire that moment you know which where people were like okay we can be more honest about this now it was just it was just a it it was a big moment you know like the uh, capcom japan heard it and then capcom america sadly got an earful for it even though it wasn't their fault um then i got an earful for it but i don't work for capcom so um you know i can sort of sympathize but uh i just i just want truthful people to be truthful you know just be truthful and that's all you know um you don't have to be nasty or anything like that but sometimes sometimes you have to be you have to find ways to be heard perhaps Mm -hmm. i don't know uh but i think it's important to be truthful i don't think things are black and white i don't i I was having this conversation with uh velociraptor earlier we're sort of uh on his podcast but just basically saying recently i did a video where i said look the latest update seemed pretty good like with sagat i can never say sagat properly sat sagat 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 they are the chat <laughs> the chat goes <laughs> the the chat chat goes, goes, when i chat say goes, well, i don't think anyone's judging you and the chat just the explodes chat goes, and it's sagat like, it's like that's this- text that doesn't work that way anyway <laughs> the way i normally say it rhymes with the word the you know saget. Uh, it's, like it's not Bob a, saget. Yeah, yeah it's not a good word so people get so whenever i say it I, but um from full I, thought the la- I thought the last update was really good right with i thought g and cigar and like the yeah. animations and the graphics and the quirks and the the even the freaking just the tension to detail man the critical arts like when g goes lighted up i just love that i love it yeah, and to watch those characters, characters watch those characters play they're, they're fun right and then to add that ux that was what the video was really about was the fact right. that capcom bizarrely added like a really nice ux uh element that was like whoa hold up somebody is making things happen on street fire five and is thinking and there is care and attention and like quality control it's and not just so, a random number generator back there being like well, they it's want not, it's, new no, colors it's not right like a, they want well i mean yeah uh, chunley costumes yes yeah chunley costumes and sakura who like her animations she can't even bend her legs poor girl like it's ridiculous yeah. like that she is like the most popular character in japan and that's how she ended up so at some point like just before this last update something changed internally you know some people are saying that the the guy who ran monster hunter got moved on to take over the fighting division i don't know there was a shareholder meeting after marvel uh died uh or failed where they actually said we need better quality control in our fighting games right uh so something changed and i what the point of me saying this is i made a video where i said this is good because it's not black and white when things are deserve criticism then do it like you know don't be a dick about it but do it um that's that's why we had the whole um uh r street fighter community feedback thread 
people right. that, that, that was stuff. a useful thread that was i i would reference that all the time when i was when i was being critical that was the thread that i felt was very important um for feedback but you know obviously what what people got it's a i've done a lot of it video got frustrated it's because they got no feedback they were shouting yeah. into a void and then and then it was like we need to hit them in the wallet and that means that if you like street fire 5 you are part of the problem because you're paying for it you know so it all got a bit messed up right you're dragging because us all down with it because you're it sucks them. you've been through it for as our, at our street fighter you've been through it and oh it believe you me this is not what you're saying out loud is not news to me this is the life that i've been living for the past like fucking three years man that's i know i know and you're a hero for just put for just sticking through it and doing oh, what you. you're doing and doing your geese gym and just saying look I'm going to celebrate the things that I like about this game and I'm going to teach new people who want to come into fighting games how to play and whatever. So, you know, but it's not black and white. And so right. when something good happens, I'm going to say this is good, right? Because you should reward good behavior. We, we should say as a community, hey, you did something really good. Can you please keep doing that? Can you keep this level of quality in the fighting games that you make, the, the, the fighting games that are coming up? Right. Like, you know, it can't all just be like, so for instance, a lot of people say to me in that video I did where I said, this stuff is good. This last update was good. They say too little, too late. And I'm like, look, this isn't even about Street Fighter Five for me. This is about sending a message back to Capcom, which says, whatever you're planning in terms of fighting games, whether it be another Street Fighter, uh, Capcom versus SNK3, uh, something completely different, right. please, please, Please take your time and use this level of quality control and thinking because a lot of thought, some thought went into this UX uh, implementation. And so that, that I think it's important. I think it's important to now, now that Marvel has failed, because I think that was the big thing that had to happen. Right. And then Arxis have come in and gone, hey, we're going to take all the money and we're going to take, we're going to take all the esports, right? <laughs> so, so, so it's like, those void that have, you left here, check this yeah. shit out. Bop. All the conditions have happened. Everything that could have happened has happened, right? Mm. So now it's up to Capcom to respond. I heard next and season of DBFC, they're going to put Sentinel in it. That's what I heard. Sentinel. <laughs> Magneto is going to be in season four Dude, of DBFC. You have no idea. I am waiting for C17. I'm waiting for Android 17. Oh, <laughs> God. I love that character. But um, anyway. I, I, actually, I jest, but wouldn't it be bonkers if they put a character in Dragon Ball Fighters that was a function of Magneto with eight-way dashing in air, multiple in fly, unfly? They do have a character like that. Specifically, um, fly, unfly. I feel like that's important. God, chat. I'm now looking at the chat. What the fuck is with that a, character? With a jump heavy that is that big ass slash. Like, that's what you want to see. There's a character who has an eight way fly. I've forgotten his name, though. Uh, he's a god. I've forgotten. Zama, thank you. Automatok, thank you. Automatok is in the chat. Uh, Zamasu, or Zamasu. I right. can never say it right. Uh, but he has an eight way, he flies eight ways. But I'm, I'm just waiting for Android 17. I haven't even seen the cooler. I know the, there was a... I did a cooler reaction, like crowd reaction video. I'm not very good at those. But I was like, fuck it, I'll, I'll try that because they get millions of views, whatever. Right, so, just make but sure I, React I, is in all capitals in 
Right, and I, I totally messed it up because sure at one point it has a big red. I don't even read it. the comments for those videos because they because they hate me because I because <laughs> like I basically I was trying to find hype people, but a lot of the a lot of the uh, reactions they were just confused or right. like they were or they were like stuck to the screen. So I was like, where are the hype people? So then at what in one of them I literally do like a three sixty three times in a row trying to find people in the crowd and like people in the comments are like, I'm fucking dizzy now. What are you doing? <laughs> And I'm just like, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know how to do crowd reaction videos. I just know they get a lot of views and people seem to like them. So let me let me give this a try. Whatever. But uh You basically have to turn I, around and be like, yo, you know the content of this actually doesn't matter. I <laughs> you're I, all you in know, agreement I, here. Well, my favorite thing about the crowd reaction videos, my favorite comment, which I wish there were scrub quotes for YouTube, but uh Isn't my that favorite just comment YouTube comments. But my favorite comment for crowd so it literally says crowd reaction first two words capital letters right crowd reaction video comments that i get why did you take the camera off the screen i didn't get to see the whole trailer <laughs> you fucking what i'm sorry what in a crowd i'm trying to capture the reaction of the crowd <laughs> never mind like it's just why it's are my you watching my <laughs> viewer no, why are you no, watching no. this my favorite comment. My favorite comment. Like you could go. Like if you want to watch the trailer, go watch the trailer. It's like, hey, be quiet. But, uh, I can't hear the trailer. Yeah, it's funny. YouTube. Um, it's a weird. It's a weird environment. I don't. I don't envy your foray into YouTube. Some of that shit scares me. YouTube I say that is, like knowing that I have a, a vod of this going up on a YouTube channel. <laughs> like, I um, have a good, and the guys are in the chat right now, right? I have a good following. I really like the guys who follow me, right? Um, and they tend, most of them tend to take care of idiots in the comments or in the chat or whatever, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I think, I don't know what it is. I think maybe it's the, you know, the, like, how can I say it? It's like the white blood I, cells of YouTube. They'll just take care of that shit automatically. Right, but it depends who they're following. Because if they're following somebody they don't like, because sometimes people just follow people they don't like just they for the hell of it. Them. Because because they, they yeah, like a hate follow. But like a lot of people who follow me have been following me for a while. They've watched a lot of my different content. They've seen the work I put in. And even if they are sometimes massive trolls to other people, for me, then not too bad. Like they're like, in general, I find the people that support my videos pretty invested and they want me to make more and mm. i would you know i appreciate that a lot because it could be a hell of a lot worse uh on youtube it could be a nightmare and a lot of youtubers you know when they get big and i'm not big but when they get big like you know they just flip out at some of the comments you know they, i remember years ago pewdiepie pewdiepie i can never say his name pewdiepie the biggest youtuber in the world he turned the comments off he disabled them for a long period of time he was just like they were just i guess getting to him you know and you I can see oh, like and now he hasn't back on again or whatever and now he feels better about the community he has but he went through a phase where i guess he was growing up and changing and people were just getting angry and they kept saying things like well, well where's the 2014 pewdiepie or whatever right which is super annoying for somebody who's growing up um but i like my following i think they're good so youtube youtube is fine like I like most people I like on YouTube. The only ones that piss me off are the 
backseat drivers who are like, oh, I could do this better than you. And it's like, fine, just just fucking go do it, please. That's in, please, that's in please. all walks of life, man. But it's just like, please, go do it. Please go do it. Because people like, telling me, like, I can run a, a better crowd sponsorship than this bull. This is bullshit, what you guys yeah, are doing. Just, I'm like, just do it. Do it, because yeah, I'd be man, happy please. to watch it. If it's that good, I'll watch it as well. Like, honestly. Yeah, if you can do just, a better job, like, if you think you can do the better job, just do it. do it. You should just do, do it. it. Yeah, just fucking do it. I, I do, you know, you know, like I just do what I can, and if people don't appreciate it, that's up to them. But um, you know, if if I get criticism, I don't, you know, if someone's polite and critical, I'm fine with that. The chat knows that because they criticize me all the time, and I'll respond to them and be like, actually, yes, I agree with that. You know, because I'm not, like I said, I don't see things in black and white, and I think that I can have a point of view. But I can also see counterpoint points of view, and I can also see like if I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, you know? if, you, if you sincerely fuck up, you're not the kind of guy that'll say like, "I apologize." You were all offended. And do the, <laughs> there's the no, please, there's not go there. There's not go there. There's not go there. Hey, you guys, I'm sorry if you were offended. Listen, I used to work in PR. I know how. I I know how to deal with situations. I know exactly how to deal with those situations, and you can't beat the mob. You ain't ever gonna beat the mob you just go i am really fucking sorry take your I whipping fucked and, you up move on. and i will do better and that's it i will do better going forwards i'm really sorry right and there's no excuse and that's it because you will not beat the mob you won't beat them I mean, it's their fault they're offended in the first place. Anyway, we should move on top because we didn't actually have like YouTube talk in the books, which is fine. We could talk about, we could touch on one thing, one thing I might want to bring up. And I don't know if you do or don't have an opinion on this, but esports ecosystem, bitcoins, bitcoins in your fighting Um. games. I don't know anything about that. Okay. I, I, I know very base level knowledge about Bitcoin and, uh, I guess it's not Bitcoin, right? It's what do they call their thing? It's not Bitcoin. What does esports ecosystem call their currency? Their I don't know. I'm, I expect I'll find out about it when I go to Canada cup. Cause I think Lapchi is yes. involved and Gutex and all that stuff. Uh, but I don't know. I don't understand Bitcoin and stuff like that. And like, that's so that base level of having anybody or any amount of people not have any confidence in a currency effectively renders that currency useless. So if they are doing payouts with their um, cryptocurrency, then it technically on a very not technically but on a practical level is devalued by people's confidence in it uh regardless uh we won't have to talk about it but i kind of do want to bring it up today because i had to listen to some racist bigot at work try to explain blockchain to someone else and they were not doing it correctly but then also they spun off and had to talk about iran's economy and i'm like this you are way off sir and also that race that little bit of racism there not necessary i work in a nightmare zone by the way uh it's not it's not good 
Uh, so we don't have to talk about cryptocurrency. Or yeah, no. I can't. I just I won't have a point of view on it. Like I, okay. it's you know, I have fifty percent of people telling me, "Oh, that's a scam." And I got fifty percent of people telling me, "No, this real and whatever." So, so I don't know until I'm educated on it. I can't talk on it. Right, uh, and I think that for most people, maybe spin off and learn about cryptocurrency, get some education. I know there's a lot of good YouTube videos. There's a good. Um, last what the fuck is the name of that show with john oliver uh oh yeah. last weekend tonight what the fuck is the name of that show why am i blanking regardless john oliver did a good uh 20 30 minutes on it uh and does a good explanation of what it actually is and why uh cryptocurrencies go up and down in value and why people pull out and tend to make money on it but it's not the people who have actually invested in it into the the economies regardless not going to talk about it not going to be able to speak edu- from an educated standpoint on it i'm not going to force uh, you to talk about it so we don't have to to cover it yeah i mean i would um, i'd love to be that smart and love to know cryptocurrency and i probably would have loved to have been in on it at the beginning when bitcoin first started because it sounds amazing it's good uh, but, for people but, who had it up front, and then maybe know. like if they pulled out. And I don't. Again, I have no clue. I got friends who are into it, but like I have no idea what they're talking about half time. I got friends who have like purchased it and made money from it, and then other friends who have, I guess, recently Bitcoin itself had went down in value or something. I don't even know. I can't. I honestly can't talk about it because I don't know. Yeah. Also, also, not a passion of mine to talk about that, but also. I know, and I, let's just put it this way. I know more about it than racist bigot coworker. And also, you get it's him on, you it's get also him on the, uh, Fuck, get him on the podcast, dude. Uh, man, work is, it's kind of nuts working 12 hour shifts, by the way, speaking of work, um, and I only bring this up because it happened too many times today. There were so many just today today this date uh september 6th 2018 our year of our lord and savior there were so many toilet crimes being committed at my workplace just straight up toilet what exactly crime. what exactly is a toilet crime there's, there's so there. there's all kinds of toilet crime there's is there? <laughs> there's first degree toilet crime where you can okay. very see that something bad has happened but then there's also like second degree toilet crime where it's like some, the amount of people who walk into the bathroom of my workplace on the telephone and then go uh, into a stall and continue to do their bathroom business. That's yeah, toilet you crime. You yeah. get, you'll get charged yeah. for that. Oh God. I, I don't want to know if somebody, I mean, multiple phone calls. I, I the number of times I've seen people bring food into the bathroom, that's uh, a, that's third degree toilet crime right there. Yep. You'll get that 25 to life sometimes, for that. Sometimes I take a drink in and I feel dirty for doing that, but it'll be mm. like at an airport or something where I've just got my baggage and my drink with me and like That is understandable because you don't want to leave a drink unattended. You never know. No, exactly. But it I still get feels that. It feels bad. I don't like doing that. There's different toilet law at an airport because uh, that's like international toilet law. International toilet law is different from uh, U.S. toilet law. And 
let me tell you, there are some fucking criminals at my work, and they need to go to jail forever. For doesn't the, sound their, their like perpetrated a, toilet crimes. It's it doesn't sound like news. a fun workplace. Uh, that is the least of my worries. Anyway, uh, that I think we're coming up on time. Uh, thank you for for spending this this hour doing the show that's much appreciated it was fun Thanks, doing that. the stream also people should watch the stream uh do you throw up vods for your stream uh i might i might this time i might put this vod up. i don't know because this is your thing right so i don't yeah, know for the but... for the thing we just recorded of the, the live practice stuff oh the live practice no live that was just a, that before. was just a test i might take a clip from that and just show it as proof of concept and throw it out there because so for you guys who weren't on earlier, uh, we basically did something. Actually, you know what? I can switch the view just real quick so they can see it, but it won't quite work. But for those yeah, of you who weren't on earlier, so we, we tested it. something which I wanted to test, which is this, right? So we have two face cams and we play matches. And I've seen people do this in Call of Duty when they're playing together. And it fascinated me to see like people's reactions, particularly when they were working as a team. And I thought that I haven't really seen people doing it in Street Fighter. And I would, I thought it'd be interesting to do two things. One is play against a rival, right? And see people get salty and angry and like see how they react to each other's moves and all that sort of stuff. So I thought that'd be kind of cool. I think face people are fascinated. Even in an online environment. Yeah, I think people are kind of fascinating in that respect. Uh, it's kind of like people watching, but you're watching the match as well. So yeah. it's like, oh, shit, let's see what what's going on with this guy's face or what he says or whatever. And then the other thing that I was going to do is a series for me and for you guys, but kind of for me, but also for you guys, uh, where I have people on like Joe and, uh, you know, um, I'm the student and the person I have on is the sensei. And... Um, you know, we do like a lesson and that'd be kind of cool as well. I just, I just haven't seen many where they have like a double face cam thing going on. Right. Now, the weird thing is in order to actually make it work for both people, because you're using two apps, you actually have to use two cameras. So I've ordered another camera and, uh, and I don't know, maybe we'll see if this happens and it takes off and other people want to do it. But I know that, uh, you know, because I'm using my face cam for my stream, I know that Joe can't actually see me yeah i can't live. see you so that was very nice of you to come on and do that uh considering you can't see me that's fine but um i would, I would also had the twitch up so i could kind of see it on delay a little bit of delay but not a big deal not a big deal but anyway i think you know this is this is what i wanted to figure out like i've not been streaming long i wanted to see if i could make this work i wanted to see if i could make you know what we're doing the interview work which right. i've switched back to now um and so i can do various things now and bring the content that i really want to bring so the next phase for me is to do all the window dressing right. overlays i've got to find it you know the emote we were talking about i've got to do the badge i've got to do the alert system you know i've got loads of stuff it's all planned i just gotta make it happen and um and then this gradually this channel will be in a place where i just will have a schedule 
and I will treat it like a full like full time almost like but I've also got to right. figure out how to I've also got to figure out how to keep doing YouTube because YouTube's important um and I have to decide I've said this a million times on chat but I have to figure out monetization to make as much content as possible but also get paid right and then I have to figure out how to scale up so you know part of the reason i joined the uiu stream team was i thought oh, let me try this out let me see if uh if this team will support me in some way and it turns out they are they i'll 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 explain like in the next few days like yeah, how you they don't are, have to say know, that on on this podcast beginning that's for, to that's beginning sure. to support me but the the you know that's my two biggest things is like the reality of i want to carry on doing exactly what i'm doing without being censored uh, you know, I want to be that voice for people. Right. I want to get better and play more games because I don't play games that much as much as I used to, and I just want to play games. So if Tell I can stream, I can play games, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, scaling is the interesting thing. Like, I want to talk to a lot of different people who've done it already, which is like, could I have an editor come on board somehow? And I don't know. Like, look at, uh, I'll give you a good example. Um, avoiding the puddle, right? Yeah. So he has a dude who basically said to him or something happened. I know he has a whole team now, to be honest. He's huge. But like at one point, somebody said, I'll do a YouTube channel uh, where I take all your best clips and I edit it and I do all this amazing stuff. And the YouTube channel would essentially promote your Twitch channel. And that's mm -hmm. how people are going to find you on Twitch through YouTube because they can watch YouTube whenever they want. Right. But uh and if you want me to do that um i'm gonna make all the money from the youtube channel and that's the that's not a secret relationship you know everybody knows that right. they know about the guy who does it right and so that's a thing that's been going on for a while and now that youtube channel i think has two hundred thousand subscribers or something crazy like that yeah, it gets a lot of and so that's an interesting way of going about content right i was going to recommend but, you do something very similar i think that even with that test vid there might be a good, like in that moment when we weren't playing to talk about just the matchup, if you just cut that into like a five minute video, throw it up there, yeah, effectively it's... unedited, ask someone who is watching right now, hey, one of the, the, the people watching this, go back and just clip, do a long clip highlight of, of that bit of that last video, just go do that. Uh, and then you can just export that to YouTube, done and done. So start, stop, and then have it just kind of be, it'll be rough, but maybe you got to title it differently or throw it up on a secondary channel. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, basically the other thing is, I mean, there's a traditional element to, you know, traditional YouTube as well, you know, but, but slightly higher production values, produced videos or whatever. Right. Uh, I also love doing, I fucking love doing skits. I just haven't done one in ages. And some of them end up quite cringe and some of them end up quite funny and some of them end up just interesting. But uh, I love doing them, you know. Yeah. And, um, the whole you know, process love, is fun. Yeah, the process is amazing. And I love editing them. I hate editing everything else. But I love editing uh, skits because I'm sitting there going, ha, 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 this is funny. Or, you know, like, you know, laughing to myself and whatever. Um, so, but there's this point where I guess you have to decide you have to kind of decide what you're doing and it sucks because there's so much different type of content I want to do. And I could make content all day, 
but i also have to do the editing and production and all that shit and right. let me tell you we, we talked about you know what the effort it takes to get interviews right when that interview is in the bag and you know this because you edit uh these right which are an hour long when i, I have an hour edit shit you best believe these, oh, you go, don't edit? these okay. go live okay. to tape i don't edit i don't edit shit we'll this do it is going up raw Fuck it, we'll do it live. Everywhere. Um, yeah, no. And so that's the reason why I, I do it live because I literally don't have time to, to do that. I will go back and edit if like maybe you said something we're like, hey, maybe we should like edit that, even though this is going live uh, to stream, yeah. so it's kind of fucking yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I, I record these live to tape. I don't edit any of my podcasts. So if anyone goes through and listens to the, the past 54, 55 episodes or whatever, that's all raw. That's all raw footage. Wow. Best okay. Belief. Well, when I edit, I edit, right? So, and I also you do timestamps. I also do timestamps, right? But I do timestamps for every question. So, if you, if you can imagine this, right? When you're editing something which is an hour long, or an hour and a half, some of my interviews are an hour and a half, some are two hours, right? Like, right. When, I'm editing, when I'm editing something that long, it takes an hour and a half just to watch it without pressing a button right <laughs> so like you you then you're writing timestamps, right so i'm flicking between like the the video and then i'm writing the timestamp, and blah, blah, blah. and then i'm like putting in like at the beginning of my videos i have like an intro and outro and all that sort of stuff and yeah you want to have then that I'm, like, good ed- bit to then put it to your cold open that you gotta have your cold open and then it goes to title card and then the interview yeah starts. that's just the, yeah that's the way lately i've been putting gameplay because i feel like people enjoy the context like they want to they want to have a sense of like because some of them just haven't seen the player and so they want to see who the player plays how they play did they win something so that's the context and then we'll go into you know title card then we'll go into you know whatever the the actual interview but it is amazing what i love about it going back to interviews i suppose is it's a win-win for just everybody you know it's a win for me because i like doing it it's a win for the player because particularly the foreign players, because it's hard to get to know them unless they're, you know, they're talking and being translated. Um, and it's a win for the people watching because they get to, get to know these players. coverage in Japan to the States. I will say Doc Fugu, Doc Fugu Tibet High on Twitter. Yeah, he, yeah, he's great. Follow he's the fantastic. fuck out of that dude. Cause yeah, he's doing he's so much translation work for like, interviews and all and the he does, well. he does it well he does it well he does he it well right so, stuff. because sometimes it's a bit all over the place not him but like right. other stuff that i've seen has been a bit all over the place and disco's out there at the moment as well so he occasionally <laughs> translates uh this and that yeah. disco vigilante the japanese translator i've had in the past um but i i think that what amazes me still to this day is i'll put a taquito interview up and people will go wow I always thought he was kind of mean looking and now I really like him. And I'm like, and like face, but, but to me, it's just, you under, you, I think for me, I'm constantly underestimating how many new people are drifting in and out. And, and because like, if you haven't if you don't know, or you haven't seen Takedo interviews in the past, or you haven't seen him speak, you haven't seen him at Evo say fighting games are great or whatever, Mm -hmm. or, you know, for you to see your first interview now um, is is wild. And I, I, I do like that aspect of it, of 
people saying, even with American players, oh, I thought this person was a jerk, but, you know, they talk for an hour and I kind of like them. I think they're kind of cool. And now I'm going to support them. They say that. That's literally what they say in the comments. Like, now I'm going to support this person. I thought and I Chris just, G was a bitch, but he has some really interesting opinions on things. Well, as it goes, Chris, as it goes, Chris is actually really like when you talk to him in he's regular. His yeah, he's, he's just a he's a. He's I mean, he there. makes he, he makes some he does some dumb stuff on social media, but basically, like <laughs> when you actually talk to him, he's cool. You know, like right. he's yeah, very like he's cool. You um, humanized a person that I had a pre-existing opinion on. That. Well, yeah, Fuck. that's what, and that's also what happens is the humanization of, of certain people, and uh, it's good. That's a good feeling, right? When that happens, that's a good feeling because everybody wins. It's like I win because I did a good interview that you enjoyed, uh, or I participated in a good interview, or set one up, or whatever. And player wins because they're getting to, you know, show you more of themselves and their opinion and like mm. how they are in life and all that stuff. It's not just uh, some random social media written soundbite or whatever and right. a mean looking face and uh you know the people the people the people uh the people win um because you know they get, they get to, know, to know the the players and the personalities so so i enjoy doing what i'm doing and uh i think you know people are there are other people doing it which is cool um yeah, you're not the only person. I thought the, out there I thought the, I thought there's, the some, ES, there's a lot of other good stuff out there. I thought the ESPN I thought the ESPN ones were interesting. Um <laughs> That was weird. I thought those were a bit weird. But um All right. So kind of in in conclusion here, because we, we we gotta wrap up. Uh any any like closing thoughts on I guess we've just been talking about interviews the whole time. Interviews or any closing thoughts on interviews or toilet crime? Well, we also talked about Vie and Daigo. Yeah, we could and, wrap it back around. And that. history. So I'd recently gone through Takedo's interview uh, and I enjoyed doing that. And I did a, like a director's commentary over the top and right. side stories and that sort of stuff and why I asked certain questions and where I fucked up and all that. It's, it's kind of, I enjoy it and people seem to enjoy it. And one of the things that Takedo said is, as we move into esports, is that I say we move into esports. I mean, sponsors have been around for ages now, so whatever you want to call it, I just hate the word. But like, um, I think one of the things he said is, as we progress, we shouldn't forget our history, you know. And I like that. I like knowing where fighting games came from because I think our history is really interesting. Yeah, there's compared a rich history my, there. Yeah, I mean, compared to most, because it's had its ups and downs and it's been on different platforms and it was the original competitive game in the arcades. I mean, it saved the arcades. I remember it saved the arcades for a brief period of time. Mm -hmm. You know, people wanted to go to the arcades and just get stuck in. And then it hit the home systems and and uh, and then, um, you know, everyone was expecting at the time Street Fighter 3 to be this huge leap forward in terms of innovation. It, it didn't feel like that right. uh, at the time. Um, but I do think it's important to try to remember our history. I do think it's important uh, if you're getting into fighting games, just that's what I would say. If you're getting into fighting games, uh, or just getting into fighting games, check out some of the old stuff. Right. Like it's all over YouTube. Like yeah, there's a rabbit hole you can go down 
And I used to love going through that stuff. And that's why but I'm that's so fascinated. When you say it's all over YouTube, you actually mean it's all over YouTube. There's no one place where you can go or one central location. And you might not even know what rabbit hole you're going down. Like, Well, maybe, maybe somebody needs to make a playlist. I don't know. And that would take a lot of yeah, work. But, yeah, but it is interesting to just find random ass Evo videos that have been uploaded of, you know, Sagat mirror matches uh of john Choi or like daigo yeah. playing back in that day back in those days versus versus cigar uh daigo used to play boxer right yeah and his did. boxer was and was Kyle. was godlike it yeah. was the most aggressive character i think i've ever seen tokido used scary. to play vega claw who is that tokido well yeah and there's also a video there's a video of tokido when tokido used to play a million different games and they didn't respect him the same way they respect him now and he was a different type of player and he would find the cheapest character he possibly could in every single game there's a video of takedo playing street fighter super i forget what it's called the one where you could pick from any version of street fighter uh street fighter 2 it's called hyper fighting or something like that it's kind of confusing because there's another hyper fighting but mm-hmm. you could pick hyper from all dash. the is that what it's called? But I you could pick from all the different dash. versions. And he, he picks uh, Champion Edition and Bison. Bison. Champion yep. and that fucked up. character is fucked up and kind of broken. And like, it was, basically, that was how Takedo operated. He was like, okay, I'm going to play 10 games and I'm going to find the character that is game breaking and I'm going to spam the shit out of this move. And I don't care what you think. Like, your feelings can be hurt. I don't care. It's and the there's game. this. There's this deal. video of these commentators. I don't know who the commentators are, but uh, the voices sound a little bit familiar, but I'm not sure. But they're just like calling him dirty to keto. They're pissed off. They're angry at this kind of lack of sportsmanship or whatever the fuck it is. They're just pissed. And it's classic FGC stuff. Like it's, you know, it's just, yeah. it's good to go back and see that stuff. Like there's a lot of amazing videos out there of yeah. the FGC. A lot of good history. As it was just like moment 37 like there's there's good stuff out there yeah there's stuff there's even stuff surrounding moment 37 there's videos that other people took at that tournament where you can see things happening you know like behind the scenes it's it's amazing what you'll find if you look for it here's here's my litmus test uh for people out there uh people who think that with it, who have seen Moment 37 and think that Daigo won that Evo, look into the history a little bit more. Dig a little yeah. bit deeper. No, I know, right? I know, because the way he says it, I, it I, don't, I don't know, is it Seth Killian who's basically, well, there's a couple of things which are really interesting about that clip. One is they called it Moment 37 where you're like, well, where's the other 36 moments, right? Mm-hmm. And they literally made that up to make it sound like there were 36 amazing moments, right? right. Which is just hilarious. And then also the commentary, I'm not sure if it happened at the time or if it happened afterwards, but basically they knew that clip was gold, right? Right. The other thing is there's a video of uh, Justin Wong trying to rattle the table while, while Daigo is doing the parries. And Justin admits this, right? So he tried to rattle the fucking table, right? Because they were both on a table. He tried to rattle the table so that Daigo couldn't do the parries. But like that didn't work out for him, right? So you have like moment 37 or whatever. But um, because anyone only ever knows it from that angle, from pulled back, 
in that zoom out at the end to see the whole crowd. It's, it's the whole and thing. There's even like funny moments. So for instance, Xpez here in the chat is talking about I body him, right? Keto 2015. That clip, I want people to know this, right? I'm not even fucking kidding about this, by the way. That clip you could not find anywhere from the United States. If you were on the internet in the United States, you couldn't find that clip. Hmm. Uh, I think it was partially because a lot of Red Bull stuff tends to get taken down because Red Bull own it. Hmm. Um, but you could not find it. Even uh, Halls of Hype couldn't find it, right? So, oh, I'm being hosted by Nuggy Bunny. Thank you, Nuggy Bunny. Um, okay. That's amazing. It was erased so from much. the internet, basically. So, so I am not kidding you. You couldn't find it anywhere. So I eventually found it via, uh, I think it was Anna, actually, at Red Bull in Japan. And she was like, here it is. And I couldn't view it. It was like an unviewable. It was like you could only view it in another country. Right. So I had somebody do a workaround, download the video, get the video to me, and then I uploaded the video. So I don't know if anybody else has copied that video since, but I uploaded the video and SRK did a whole article about the fact that I was preserving the history of the FGC. And I, you know, like that, that I just loved that moment. That's yeah. what it was. And it was just, I couldn't find it. It was like my favorite freaking moment. It was like Takedo said, I body him and I couldn't find it anywhere because he says it just before winner's final instead of uh, grand finals, I think. Yes. And he says, he says, if he picks, so I body, I body him. him. If he picks Ryu, I body him, I or body something him. like that. Yeah. And uh, so that, funnily enough, is something that I was really proud of because I was like, I, we need to preserve this history. And for all I know, Red Bull could take it down. They could be like, take it down, whatever. But so far, so good. It stayed up. Right. Um. So uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. But I know that I man. said this like 20 minutes ago, but we do have to wrap up. We yes. gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop this video at some point. Stop the recording. It's, cut the tapes. It's me. It's me. I'm sorry. This ha happens. No, that's every, fine. Because we've been talking about good stuff. Like it's not like every single podcast. Every single podcast. Every single. This is why I think I'm. I'm gonna be. I'm going to be a good streamer. I think you gotta have. You gotta look at the clock. Gotta watch the clock. I'm kind of letting you go because I don't actually have a clock I have to stick to. The only I am because I don't have limits, but. I would like to wrap up conversation. I have to clean my house. Uh, anyway, oh, so I, I should sleep as well. I need to start sleeping. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing doing, that humans should I've been do. doing much sleeping. <laughs> All right. So I will end on the way that we end every episode where there is a guest on for the first time. I will prompt you with two questions. The first question, what is your favorite normal attack in any fighting game? <sighs> normal attack normal attack across any favorite. game any character doesn't have to be street fighter yeah, yeah, yeah. i just uh because i'm taking this question very seriously right. <laughs> uh, it's so i just want to think for a second my favorite normal attack like for example i i think i really love zangief in street fighter 4 his standing hard punch because if he hits you with it you fucked up uh, and he can get that juggle combo that's really tight. It's ah, and it just looks so fucking violent. I love it. The weight I, that he hits you with just looks so good. Yeah, mine is uh, crouching hard kick uh, for Akuma in Street Fighter Four mm. round or Roundhouse, oh, right? So crouching good. Roundhouse. 
Because remember, you could reset people with it when they were falling down. Mm -hmm. Tatsu was... in the sweep, and then the, you get the hard yeah. knockdown into Okis. So That's uh, like the dopest shit ever. And I, Takedo used to do it all the time because yeah, he was so all strong. about the, he was all about the vortex, all about the setups. I think that was probably my most satisfying normal. But I will tell you that uh, I will add that as when I was growing up, the dragon punch was like the most beautiful thing to me. It set off the biggest endorphins in my head. That's why I've always been a Shoto fan. Like the dragon punch back in the day when dragon punch, I, it, I was like, who invented this? Because like if I was making a fight, I can I remember trying to wrap my head around it. I was like, if I was making a fighting game, why would you make a punch that just goes straight up? I just don't get it. I don't understand. Like the whole thing didn't make any sense to me. And yet it was like the most satisfying thing ever. It and then when they had science, but was a gift right, to man. Right. And then when they extended Ken's <laughs> to go out right. further and you could just catch people with it. I was like, holy shit. This it's dope. a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's a good answer. The second part of the question. What's your favorite combo in any fighting game? My favorite combo. Yeah. Uh, one is just suddenly coming to mind, and they don't use it much in Street Fighter Five, but they people used to use it more in Street Fighter Four, and again, it's an Akuma combo. Mm -hmm. um, but when he uh, go does the Tatsu, right? He can then, and I never do this, and I, but I'd like to, <laughs> I just never do it. It's, it just always looks fun. He does the Tatsu, and then you do crouching medium punch, right? So you juggle them, and then you go into demon flip throw. Ah, and the dirty reset the dirty reset right and like you know you can't do it too much it's just something you do every now and then but i've always liked that combo uh and i can't say necessarily that it's my favorite of all time but it just sprung to mind as it's something that I would... today today let's say let's just call it your favorite one today like oh, uh, people's taste, today. People's yeah. taste change from day to day like, what's your favorite combo uh, I, and there's a specific reason for this, but, uh, Sagat in Street Fighter 4. Thank you, Rep Catman, for hosting my stream. Sorry, I had for that. Have forward to... light kick into crouching light punch into hard punch DP. You can go anywhere, but that specific three hit combo, like, yeah, you can FADC it and go and do whatever, but specifically that three hits, the cadence of it, the. Yeah. I have a, is I have just, a, to me, the, I know what you mean. It, it's I know exactly what you mean. And this is what's so press timing just feels so good. It feels so but right. The, but that's why Street Fighter often feels right. You know, like the, the way it's music, the buttons hit, yeah, feel right compared to like something like I don't really love the way Injustice hits, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that's my main I, problem with NRS games, man. But I love the way Street Fighter hits, right? And, um, the combo that I do a lot, uh, it wasn't working on you too much, to be perfectly honest, but the combo that I love doing a lot is cross-up, light, kick, and then you go down. I forget the order because it's just something I do now, but you go down and you do like crouching, light, kick, crouching, light, punch, and then you go into Tatsu, right? And mm -hmm. then you go into DP. And so it's like this beautiful, as you say, it's a beautiful cadence to it where your speed speed is quite quick. And then it slows down, and it's just once you master it, you're like, "Oh, this is nice." And when it la when it starts landing on people, it's really quite nasty. And the same thing, you can do the same thing with Ryu in Street Fighter Five, but he does the DP at the end of it usually. Right. Um, 
but it's it's it sort of came i think a lot of people started i remember taquito used to use it with ryu all the time because when you jumped in on people that jump light kick was the good. light kick was a lot harder to anti-air you know it was really and good the other thing the other the other thing that I like about it is that if I do a quite an ambiguous jump as you're getting up, and I don't even know which side I'm going to land, right? <laughs> right. It hit confirms. So all I'm doing is hitting like I'm hitting two lights, and then I figure out which side I am, and I do the tatsu. Right. 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 Not only that, I you could be crouching or standing when I'm hitting you, right? If you are crouching and I do light kick tatsu, it will whiff. If you're crouching, I have to use medium kick tatsu and it will hit. So when I'm hit confirming, I'm also thinking about which tatsu I'm going to use and which direction the tatsu is going in. So it's the double think again, right? It's a little bit so of it's, it's, but it's very satisfying as a combo because of the cadence, because of the, the hits, and also because of the thought process that's happening at, when you're doing it. Right. When so, it goes right, it's just the stars yeah. align and it is perfect. It's dope. And I, and, yeah, it's dope. All right. Those are good answers. Those are good answers. And I think with that, we can wrap up the show. But before we go, I want to give you another opportunity to tell people where they can find you on the internet. Um, I would say, so everything, I've, I funnel all my information through Twitter. So mm -hmm. the easiest thing to remember is born free tweets uh at twitter and then the other thing obviously you know for the people who will be listening to this in the future not the guys who are currently here uh in my chat but for people in the future i'm now just started streaming and the content i'm going to be putting out is live interviews live podcasts live gameplay with a double face cam right <laughs> innovating here the old double face cam and we'll be calling that face your rival right or this second name is shit, so I really want my uh, for my the guys who follow me to come up with a better name. But the second one is called See Your Sensei. <laughs> so I may do lessons where I'm the student, right? Which I think would be fun mm -hmm. uh, with different various guests. And then, then I do this other thing called Chat TLC where I just chat, just fuck around and talk to the chat for like hours on end. Mm -hmm. It's also fun. Uh, I have a nice core group at the moment who get involved in the chat. And... Uh, yeah, and then I'll be playing variety games as well. Um, Coach a noob. Yeah, but it has to have the seeing aspect because we've got two faces, right? right. But the whole point is that it's, it's we got the face. two we got the two faces on screen, which I don't think anybody really does. And I think that's really fascinating. I thought it was fascinating when I was watching Call of Duty and people doing it. So I think in fighting games it'd be fascinating. Um, so sorry, let me take them back right. to the layout. So that's so your channel, though. That's your born free yeah. Twitch. Yeah. On Twitch for the people listening. Oh, um, it's uh Born Free Twitch on Twitch, yeah. Right. So All right. And maybe people should hop into your Patreon. Uh, I mean I'd love people to do that. I'm a very bad Patreon guy. I actually wrote a, a message to my patrons saying, Am I bad at Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> and they told me they're really sweet. They said, look, we don't care about all the exclusive shit that you're supposed to get on Patreon. Like, we just care about supporting you. Right. So if you do want to support me on Patreon, I will, by the way, I will start to link it and have alerts and stuff for Twitch. But if you want to support me on Patreon, it's Mr. Born Free, uh, you know, on Patreon, basically. Right. The address is patreon.com slash Mr. Born Free or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and all of those links will be shared in the show notes for anyone listening uh, to find a quick grab of all that. 
Uh, all right. Um, and I think that's a show. Uh, again, you can find me at Super Joe Monday on Twitter or Joe underscore Monday on Reddit. Uh, or if you want to hit up the official Twitter account of our Street Fighter, it's Reddit SF on Twitter. It's at Reddit SF. And that's a show. It has been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for yeah. coming on the show. Awesome. And it was fun doing the training uh, beforehand. Maybe put some of those, some cl- clip that and throw it up there. That'd be fun to watch. I think I'll clip it. You're right. I need to clip it and just put it out there as proof of concept. I want to sh- just be like, look, this is what I'm trying to, one of the things I'm trying to achieve. I'm trying to content. I'm trying to, you know, I want to bring new and interesting. Yeah, you want to get it out there, but also you want to get that information out there. Totally understandable. But anyway, folks, uh, again, you can catch us every Thursday. Don't forget about the West Coast tournament tomorrow and the East Coast tournament every Monday night that we run from our Street Fighter. Thanks again for joining us, folks. The listen is much appreciated. Um, I'm sure I'm supposed to say, hey, uh, if you are watching Born Freeze Twitch, be sure to smash that subscribe button. <laughs> You'll get that that ding. I'm sure that'll happen. There's an emote coming, I'm sure. Be sure to like and subscribe. Hit that follow button. Smash that subscriber button. You know you want it. Uh, anyway, we're going to be, be partnering in no time. In no time. I think time. we're going to be partnering in no time. I swear. All right, folks, thank you for joining us. We'll be back again next week with another edition of RSF Radio. But until then, take care.